This is the discussion table with Avery, he, they, Ripley, they, them, Wherever she, her. And we'll be talking about mental health and LGBTQ plus topics on this podcast. For this episode, we'll be talking about queer baiting in media. Alright, so what is queer baiting? Um, queer baiting is typically used to draw audiences into a piece of media and its intention is never to be meaningfully exploring queerness. It is always a negative impact. There is also uh, when an author, director, etc. gives hints and clever twists to paint a character as possibly being queer to satisfy queer audiences, but never everybody says that they are uh, queer so they can uh, keep their heterosexual audiences. But there is also queer cutting, which can get confused with queer baiting, which is both use subtext to hint at queerness and can have neg- and both can have negative impacts. But queer coding is has historically been used to explore sexuality when this may not be have been allowed otherwise. Queer coding exists in neutral space and can be used both po- both positively and negatively. Queer coding is also a term used to say that characters were given traits or behaviors to suggest they may not be heterosexual or cisgender without the character being outright confirmed to have a queer identity. So, should we do examples of queer baiting and queer coding? We could do afterwards. Okay, so um, the first example, the most recent, I think, is... Uh, well, no, it's not the most recent. But so, one of the more recent Yes. So, uh, Billie Eilish. So, we all love her. You know she's great. Amazing. But... Amazing. But she posted an Instagram photo with the caption, I love girls, during Pride Month. So, uh, fans were like, oh my god, is she bisexual? Is she lesbian? Uh, no. It's never been confirmed. So, that was definitely queer baiting. And there's... I'm not sure what video, but there was a video where there was a whole bunch of girls playing, having fun, you know? <laughs> and that's, that seems rather male gazy. Like, uh. Kind of uh, fetishizing lesbians and stuff? Yeah. Like they often do. Yeah. And then Rihanna and Shakira. So the Can't Remember to Forget You music video is definitely fetishizing women loving women. That is just, just watch it if you need to know, but basically they're acting sexual with each other and neither are queer. Neither are queer or in a relationship. Oh. So, or in a relationship with each other, I yeah. mean. Uh, now, BBC, two shows actually that we know of or yeah. are going to include in this episode. So, Sherlock. I personally haven't watched it. Oh, yeah. Uh, I watched Sherlock Holmes, so. Uh, uh, oftentimes there was a lot of times people mistaking Holmes and Sherlock to be dating or like where other people when imply that they're a couple or something and like John Watson his companion or whatever would often be like I'm not gay leave me out of this which often can be seen as queer baiting because they're constantly implying that he's gay when he isn't and ends up obviously marrying a woman so that doesn't there's anything wrong with that, but you know what I mean. And then BBC's Merlin. So there, I watched, I don't know how many episodes, but um, Merlin 
and Arthur. I can't remember the characters' names. I hope those are two different people, not the same. Yeah, <laughs> no, Merlin and Arthur, two yeah. characters. Okay, I so like the first four episodes. Yeah, I never got past that, but so they were like they cared about each other a lot. They and were literally like I heard uh, supposed to be like each other's other halves and stuff. You know, kind of like soulmatey, but they're like oh, they're not gay though. Yeah, you know, like they're soulmates, but they're not gay. So that was obviously queer baiting. It's yeah. just apparently BBC has a problem with that. They <laughs> yeah. want to they want to bring in the the queer audience, audience, but they won't actually give them what they want. Why bring them in then? Yeah, they they just money money. <laughs> they want more money. Also for the Billie Eilish post that you were talking about, looks like all of it was the caption was just supposed to go through the video she posted for that time. That's the whole point of the caption, I guess, because it, it just has girls in it. Yeah. They're supposed to just go with the music video. That's kind of random. Just like, like of all captions you could have put, it's like, here's a video. There are a lot of girls in the videos. I love girls. Literally, the song is called Lost Cause. Uh, it's supposed to go with that video. It, it, and during Pride Month, it's just weird. Yeah. Long time to post it. Yeah. So they know what they were doing. Like yeah, her and her right. production team. Yeah. Or social probably. media team or whatever. So then, uh, Teen Wolf. I watched the entire show because I loved it. I, I watched, like, just episode. the second season. I never got into the third season because I couldn't find the first season. So I heard first I, season I, I, better, I just though. watched the, like, the first two episodes. Mm. So in this show, Styles Stalinsky and Derek Hale are, like, often queer-baited together. They are. So they have, like, a typical love-hate relationship yeah. where they're, like, always bantering and everyone not everyone but a lot of fans are like they should be together because they're so close to being together already yeah it's basically like we're in a typical if it was a straight relationship they would have been together like a long time ago but Mm -hmm. because it's gay they refuse to do it and i'll probably add an unnecessarily love interest just to be like wait they're totally not gay look he's dating a girl oh there was there was love interest uh lydia i can't remember her last name but Lydia was Styles' um, love interest. Love interest, yeah. and Derek also had a love interest. I can't remember her name, but she also like killed his entire family. Was so, her name Laura? And no, that was his no. sister. Oh. Uh, Kate. Kate. I think her name was Kate, yeah. and that was his love interest that's before. Like the, that's kind of weird. Yeah. So they're so desperate to not make them gay that they'll make them date like horrible people. <laughs> Well, Styles didn't date a horrible person, but whatever. So next... You get the point. <laughs> yeah, you get the point. Uh, so then, Riverdale. So there was the very, very unnecessary kissing oh, yeah. scene between Veronica and Betty. Yeah, because I what watched, like, the first season or two, I See, think. I, I stopped the... while I was ahead, which I'm grateful for, because it gets really weird. <laughs> yeah. I stopped in the third episode, because I was like, you know what? I don't want to see where the show gets to. I'm yeah, just gonna, I'm just right. Sometimes it's better to just stop while you're ahead because exactly. I think it's just it's really weird now. So that's what yeah. I've heard. Yeah. But yeah, the Veronica and Betty scene was definitely weird baiting because they just like, yeah. I understand for Cheryl and Tony. Cause oh yeah, because there was dating. like sapphic rep and stuff. Yeah, on there. they were dating. Yeah, but for Veronica, who was with Archie at the time, and Betty, who was with Judgehead, but. It was just weird. It, it didn't need to happen. It didn't, really. And one of my personal problems with Riverdale is that Jughead has a love interest at all. 
because in the comics, Archie and Friends, which I loved as a kid. Oh, I read those as a kid, too, because they'd always be at the grocery store, and I'd go yeah. and buy them all the time and stuff, and be like, we got to find the next one. Yeah, so in the, in the comics, it was very much uh, speculated or confirmed, I don't know, that Jughead was asexual. Yeah, because I think there was, like, suppo- like, not supposed to be, but there was, like, this girl who liked him or something, and then he was just like, you know what, lady, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that might also be queer baiting, but who knows? Yeah. That might have been actually, um... Queer coding more? Yeah. Yeah. So then, this one is not really queer baiting, more queer coding, but... Yeah, uh, the n- newest, uh, one of the newest, newer Disney movies that just came out this summer, it was Luca, which was uh, based off... Yeah, which w- ha- was, like, in Italy, and it had, like, these uh, mermaids kind well, of things. I, like, these sea creatures that could yeah. turn into people when they get on dry land. Yeah, you know, Which reminds me of a movie I can't remember at the moment. But, you know, uh, basically... You land at the time, but, yeah. you know. Which basically was, like, um, there was a lot of queer coding, because after that came out, a lot of queer people really related to the movie. But I don't think it was really... Like, it wasn't meant to be a sort of symbol of queer baiting or anything so essentially it was more queer coding because um queer people related to the story that was being told without uh the producers purposely trying to make it queer and everyone thought that was it luca or i forgot his friend's name alberto alberto we gay if you think about it everyone thought the home was based off of them gonna get together well yeah because essentially there was no love interest and it was just the two of them trying to like face the human world together, yeah. which essentially is pretty queer. And I always put the pieces together, like, oh, uh, they're gay because the color they were, like, they're... Oh, yeah, I've seen a like lot of people compare seen... them to the... It was one of the ways to the gay fa- flag. Yeah, the, the gay flag. Yeah. 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 Um, then K-pop. So K-pop as a whole, an, interest, an industry. So in general, a K-pop idols, I think that's what they're called. Yeah. Um... They are generally androgynous. The men are generally androgynous. Uh, they're sexually ambiguous. And um, one thing I want to bring up is skinship. What's so that? skinship is like when um, I'm not sure what like countries it's uh, specific to, but like Asian men like to like be physically affectionate. So um, skinship might be twisted to make it into a queer thing. So it might just be people, like friends. Um, being friends. Being friends in yeah, the way that's with, culturally normal. Yeah. Because in, with yeah. celebrities, you can, like, I want to say you can't always tell because, like, I've heard, like, people speculate if Taylor Swift is, like, bisexual or something, but she's never confirmed it. And really, if uh, a celebrity doesn't want to, like, confirm their... Uh, sexuality or anything, that's really none of our business, right? Mm-hmm. So, essentially, she's not queer-baiting anyone, even if sometimes people might think she's queer. So, yeah, so K-pop, it, I don't think that's queer-baiting. I think it's just misinterpretation. Yeah, especially in a Western, or Western society, yeah. where not a lot of people touch each other, like, well, not like that, you know, like, like they in other physically parts of the world, affectionate. Yeah, and I think it's more uh, people are more open to being physically infection and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. in Western society, it's less. So, if that makes sense. 
So then uh, uh, the next one is Supernatural, which I only watched a few episodes because it was, like, I kind of went... I, weird. Yeah, <laughs> it was weird. But, like, I kind of went through and just watched, like, a bunch of random episodes. Just anything I thought looked interesting. But... Uh, essentially, in Supernatural, there was a ton of queer baiting, specifically between two of the main characters, which is Dean and Castiel, because they were essentially queer baited for years. There was a lot of like romantic tension or whatever between them, and then at the end of the season, like two episodes before the season, the last season ended, which recently just happened last year. Um, they want Castiel, one of the characters, confessed his love for Dean Winchester, and then they immediately killed him off. Like, he did it right before he died. And then they killed Dean off, like, an episode later. So there was, like, a lot of Bray Your Gaze. Because there was also. Oh, yeah. Spoilers. Spoilers, yeah, I, I did guess, not know that. <laughs> if you really wanted to go watch it, but a lot of people already know this. And then there was, like, a ton of other queer. Ba- like, Bray your gay trope a lot because there was like this lesbian like Dean was friends with and stuff and they killed her off um what well I honestly can't tell because they kill everybody off in that show and then they'll bring him back and then they'll kill him off again but they never brought her back so you know why (sighs) if you're gonna make a good show I have a good it wasn't a good show okay but if you're gonna make a show I have characters on there why kill them off in the best life just kill them off again just decide. Like you want the thing. You want them alive. You don't want them alive. Pick one. I don't know. This like especially so supernatural so stuff really played a lot. Like with death a lot, and they were like, "They're dead." No, they're alive. They're dead. They're alive again. They're actually dead for real. We swear. No, they're alive. We like, lie. Okay. Your, your, your comfort. Your comfort character dies. You see them <laughs> it's again. Like, they'll like, just two be back epi- next season. It's like you see them again the next season. And then they're gone again. Then yeah. they're back. Okay, <laughs> anyways. Make up your mind. <laughs> now, okay, so Voltron. I heard that Voltron was queer baiting a lot between two characters. I think the ship is Clance. Yeah, which is Keith and Lance. Keith and Lance, yeah. I never watched it, but I heard that that was like a super... Like a it was super, horrible queer baiting. Yeah, like it was a super popular queer baiting ship because it was so terrible, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. So we don't have a lot about that because no, none, none of, of us, us watched, watched it. it. I've never seen Voltron before. Um, I can't remember. I was Age of Ultron for a second there. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Um, another one though is Harry Potter technically because like with Dumbledore and stuff, that's essentially queer writing because there was no actual representation. And then after the book, she's like, "Oh, this is you know a Dumbledore." We talked about this guy last episode as well. Yeah. Yeah. So. But, like, they never, there was no representation, and making the most random person ever gay is so weird. It's like, honestly a different type. Especially the series is done. It's a different type of queer baiting. It's like, it's, yeah, yeah, after the fact, there's no hints at all, but he's gay, you know. Do you have a love interest? Yes. Uh, after, yeah, after the main series was in done. In the Fantastic Beast, yeah. there's this, the villain is supposed to be his love interest, which is super weird. And also supposed to be unhealthy and toxic, which mm-hmm. is how also super weird. How do those two books connect? How does that connect? It, it, was, it was weird. I mean, J.K. Rowling just kind of sucks at writing, so I'm not surprised. Okay, so now... Take all offense to that, by the way. <laughs> okay, so now, what is not queer baiting? So I found four movies, I think. Uh, okay, I found four, and Avery found one. Mm-hmm. So uh, I found mine from a list of 200 best LGBTQ plus movies, oh. and 
I got number one, number two, number 10, and number 20. So number one is the best movie ever, obviously. <laughs> um, it's uh, Moonlight. So it, uh, the synopsis is a look at three defining chapters in the life of Chiron, a young black man growing up in Miami. His epic journey to manhood is guided, guided by the kindness, support, and love of the community that helps raise him. So I watched this movie several times. It's amazing. Um, it has 98% Rotten Tomatoes, and Rotten Tomatoes is rather uh, re- reputable, so hmm. obviously it's the best movie on <laughs> Earth. I've seen um, a bit of it. Now looking at it and stuff, I've actually seen a bit of the movie. Yeah, so you might recognize the, um, the poster if yeah, you look at it. Yeah, I've seen the poster yeah. a lot. So. Yeah, and I think it... I think it's taken off Netflix right now, but you can oh, find yeah. it elsewhere. I don't think it's on Netflix anymore. Yeah, Netflix takes Netflix. all the queer movies off. Oh, for sure. Oh. This is all they the have good some queer off. movies, but at this point, like, none of them are, like, super interesting. It's none of yeah. the popular good queer movies So they take off the so. good stuff, but leave Riverdale up there. Yeah, yeah Riverdale just it will I'm keep going forever. I think it's because Riverdale is, isn't it a Netflix-made series? I don't I know. So. And I, I don't think it is. I don't know. Like... To everyone who watches Riverdale, like to all the Riverdale fans, not trying to be rude at all, but I don't I am. apologize. I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I'm not apologize. trying to be rude at all, at all. But it was a terrible series. See, Sometimes you gotta know that, you know, like you watch something, you're like, it does suck, but whatever. You know, so, I'm not trying to be rude, but like it could have done a bit better. Like okay. going, yeah. going forward, the season just got everything got uh, weird. Okay, so number two on the list of 200 best LGBTQ plus movies is Call Me By Your Name. So I think everyone in the world has watched this. Have you seen Call this. Me By Your Name? Is uh, that a song? Uh, that's a song after it was a movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. So uh, the movie and book uh, by Andreas Seaman. I, I, I really hope I said his name right. Eh. Um, <laughs> so I feel very conflicted about this movie. It was a beautifully made movie. It but was a good movie. It I was loved amazing. It. it was just like a small town Italian gays living their life. Okay, wait. And uh, synopsis yeah. first. Synopsis. Um, it's the summer of 1983 and precocious 17-year-old Elio Perlman is spending the days with his family at their 17th century villa in Lombardy, Italy. He soon meets Oliver, a handsome doctoral student who, who's working as an intern for Elio's father. Amid the sun-drenched splendor of their surroundings, Elio and Oliver discover the heady beauty... I think I said that right. Heady? <laughs> Anyways. Heady beauty of uh, awakening desire over the course of a summer that will alter their lives forever. That just sounds cute. It's very cute. It if you cute. don't look at the age difference. There was quite a big age difference. Like... I don't know why they didn't just make him 18. They could have done that, and it would have been, like, a tad more acceptable. So, in the movie and the book, uh, Elio, uh, the son of the professor... Is 17. Is 17. Yeah. And the Ol- Oliver, the American doctoral student, is 24. So, that's a seven-year age Whoa. difference. I and mean, Elio is underage. He's <laughs> not underage in Italy, but in... It, it, like, really? if you go to America... I think... I think in Italy it's 14. I looked it up, what? and the age of that's, consent is 14. That's okay, really then. young. But you see, you can't really say underage, because if you really think of, if you go to Disney and look at that, Snow White was 13, the prince was, like, in his 2030. Yeah, that's just, uh, we so should you not normalize that. So you can't really say that, that that's 
the big age gap or anything like that. I can't. Well, have an <laughs> age gap, but it wasn't it's technically not the worst. underage. It's not the worst, yeah. but it's still bad. Yeah, because there's mean, still... Wait, how many years is that? 17, 18, 19, 20, 20, 20. It's seven. Yeah, it's seven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but if you just think about it, all the movies you see nowadays kind of well, just have, like, like a, a lot of them. Well, like, some of them, of them have are them. still, like, oh, they're, like, ten years apart. Or, like, I, I was... I, I was reading something maybe or watching something or maybe i saw an article i don't know it was one of the three <laughs> whatever yeah <laughs> and um i think i was looking at celebrities with the bigger age gaps and some of them have like 10 or 15 years apart yeah there's like a lot of celebrity couples and you're like oh they're fine and then it's like no they're like 10 20 years apart and it's like, oh, what? I mean, yeah no it was 14 and the prince was 31 my oh, bad that's Fun. like Twice her age, man. I look at it. It's literally, 15 years age, yeah. It's literally saying creepy and illegal. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah. To any yeah. Disney fans out there. Um, it's it's a Disney movie. We all know those princess movies have huge age gaps. It's creepy as hell. I okay. Mean, so, I about Call Me By Your Name. Yes. Uh, this uh, book, first of all, was written by a straight man, as far as we know. What? Yeah. A straight What's man. Uh, I saw that. I hope he's straight. Yeah, I so hope I didn't sorry. just misinform. So sorry. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Like, so if we're misinformed, correct. Yeah. Do, um. Do and it, it, this book perpetuates the idea that gay men are predators. So this yeah. is very common stereotype that gay men are dangerous and they prey on little boys. And this book is not helping that stereotype. It is yeah. uh, perpetuating Did you it. Read or watch the movie? I watched the movie. I watched the book. I couldn't read the book. I I made it like halfway through the book and then I got bored and I was like, eh. There's a really gross scene that I just didn't want to encounter, so I didn't. Yeah, that's fair. It gets weird. And you don't need to know. (laughs) I like the town part. Like like in the movie, it's like a small town in Italy and everything's so nice. And honestly, his summer would. Man, I want to go live in Italy. But like, (laughs) yeah, the, the plot itself was weird. Okay, so that aside, <laughs> number 10 on the list, I didn't go through 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. I just went through the ones that I knew. So number 10 is my absolute favorite movie. It's God's Own Country. So it has, oh, sorry, um, Call Me By Your Name has 94 Rotten Tomatoes, yeah. 94%. So then God's Own Country has 98%, just like uh, Moonlight. So the synopsis. In Yorkshire, a young, unhappy farmer is living with his grandmother and sickly father. He numbs his frustrations with drinking and casual sex until a Romanian migrant worker sets him up on a new path. That actually sounds pretty interesting. It's, is it like, it's my favorite movie. Yeah, it sounds good. There are naked penises in it, though, <laughs> so don't watch if you don't want to see a penis or two. Um, <laughs> but anyways, so my favorite part about this movie is that... Um, the uh, young unhappy farmer. I can't. His name is John, I think. I I hope. Um, <laughs> Correct us if we're wrong. Yeah. So John is like this. Uh, he's he's a not a good person. He's oh. well morally, he's not like a bad person. But some people would look down on his morals. Morals. His activities. Um. So he. He gets this Romanian migrant worker to come along, Georgi, and I remember his name. Um, so he comes from Romania, and he starts working on the farm that John lives on. 
and they fall in love and it's amazing it's it's honestly it's at the start it feels kind of like not the best relationship but then again it's not as bad as others but um at the end they they show good communication and they like want to be together and it's it's my favorite movie it's so good okay so enough about that number 20 love simon love simon so i've only seen the movie i haven't gotten around to watching the book yet watching the book (laughs) reading the book yeah you guys know what i mean and uh, it has a 32% on Rotten Tomatoes. 92. Sy- not 92. 32. 92. <laughs> 92. Um, uh, the synopsis is, everyone deserves a great love story, but for 17-year-old Simon Spiner, uh, it's a little more complicated. He hasn't told his family or friends that he's gay, and he doesn't know that the identity of the anonymous classmate that he has fallen for online. Resolving both issues proves hilarious, terrifying, and life-changing. I watched the movie. It was pretty good. Like, it wasn't, like, super amazing or anything. It's, like, what you expect it to be for a uh, coming-of-age teen comedy, I guess? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it was okay. But it was still pretty funny. So, like, I liked it. So My one <laughs> issue with the movie is that I read the book before I watched the movie. And um, in the movie, the way that... Uh, Simon falls for his classmate that he doesn't know. Uh, like, he doesn't know his identity. Yeah, because they've been emailing and stuff. Yeah, so. they email. And they emailed so much in the book. Like, that was, like, a, a main part of the book. And then in the movie, I saw, like, one email. Yeah. Was... It was it was sad because I loved how they communicated. Uh, so that Watch it because it's good, but just know the book is better. <laughs> um... Other queer movies. Uh, so I've seen Disclosure, which is this amazing trans documentary on Netflix about a about representation, trans representation in the media and how it's changed. And it talks with like different like famous queer actors and stuff, like Laverne Cox or whatever. Yeah, saying her name right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's really good. They show, like, a bunch of clips from different movies and stuff, and they talk about trans representation, and it was, it was really good. I've rewatched it a couple of times, and it's definitely one of my favorite trans movies, especially considering since you don't get a lot, whole lot of trans representation. Mm -hmm. Um, oh, I was thinking, and another queer movie I've seen was, uh, you know that cowboy one? The one with... Brokeback Mountain? Yeah. I watched that that very recently. I watched it, like, during the summer or something. It was okay. Like, I like the Cowboys, but otherwise it's just, like... I... I What was your opinion? Okay, I love the movie just because it's sad. Uh, I love sad sad movies. (laughs) But, again, barrier gaze. Uh, The two men did not ever marry like they wanted to. I think it kind of sucks. I think they should have been able to like get their own little ranch in the mountains and just live their lives out. Yeah. So, you know. So, uh, Brokeback Mountain was... Sad gay. Sad gay, yes. (laughs) It was about uh, two cowboys who worked together for the first time in a summer on a mountain range. Mountain range. Okay. I I guess you could call it a ranch. Yeah. So they, um, this is not an official synopsis. I'm just making this up. Yeah. I'm not making it up. Summarizing. Yeah, summarizing. summarizing Yeah. So, um, they get together. They get together. And then they, like, have to 
uh, like leave each other and because it was only like a temporary job. So they go out and they live their lives, except uh, the movie is about their different meetings throughout their mm -hmm. lives. So sometimes they'll get together every couple of years and, you know. Yes, because they live in completely yeah. different states and... And they end up, like, getting married and having wives and kids and their different lives because they have to. And it's like, the, do you know what year it was set in? I have no idea. But it, but was it was, like, the older times yeah. where, you know, stuff like that's not really ex yeah, acceptable. And That's the word. spoilers, skip like 15 seconds ahead um, if you don't want to hear. Uh, the one of the, uh, what's his name? Oh, God. Jake Gyllenhaal, whoever his character was, got killed. Oh, yeah, end. he dies and at the end. And then there's like the sad scene where the, his partner goes to his house and he like, and it, it was he good. Steal, he takes his parka <laughs> that uh, they wore. Together? Yeah. <laughs> not together. That's, that's, it's not big enough for that. Anyways. Like <laughs> yeah. Okay, so now, books. So, uh, these are books with good representation. Have you read all of them? I have read, no. <laughs> I've read one, two. Okay, maybe I won't talk about the one that I actually don't know anything about, but, okay, no, I will. Okay, <laughs> so, Here the Whole Time by Vitor Martin. I don't... I hope I'm saying his name right. I'm so bad at names. Anyways, so this uh, guy, Felipe, who's fat, and just so you know, fat is not a bad word. It's, it's only a, a bad word when you use it to insult someone. Yeah. And we're not. Okay, so Felipe has to spend 15 days with his lifelong crush because his crush, Cow... I... Oh, God. I don't know how to... <laughs> say, uh, it's C-A-I-O. So his crush, Cow's parents... Are going on a vacation and they fall in love of course because <laughs> so, that's what this book is it's is a gay chow? romance c-a-i-o is that chow no that's c-i-a-o oh uh, yeah yeah <laughs> um so it's set in brazil because uh vitor martin is brazilian i think um and it's amazing i love it because um did you so you read it then yeah uh, so I read this in like nine days, which is a record low for me because <laughs> I read things during like six months. Um, so there was a lot about the the gay aspect, the LGBTQ plus aspect, and then there was also a lot about how Felipe was fat and how he wanted to accept himself, and Cal. Oh God, that sounds wrong. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, anyways, um, <laughs> uh, helps him, helps Felipe accept himself, so it's amazing. Yeah, representation is great. Mm -hmm. And you never see a fat main character, ever. Oh yeah, for sure. So then, uh, Giovanni's Room. I've never read it, I've read the start, and I'm just a really slow you reader. Heard that so, uh, it was set in the 50s in Paris? Yeah. So, the synopsis. The book focuses on the events in the life of an American man living in Paris and his feelings and frustrations with his relationships with other men in his life, particularly an Italian bartender named Giovanni, whom he meets at a Parisian gay bar. So it's, um, it is, it's by James Baldwin, so we know it's good. <laughs> so we don't have many comments because we haven't read it. Then, um... Then the Henna Wars. So this is by Abida Ja. I don't know how to say her last name. Oh God, I'm so sorry. 
Jai Gidar. I Girdar. I don't know. Oh my god, I'm sorry. <laughs> We're trying. We apologize. Yes. Um. So the synopsis: When Nishat comes out to her parents, they say she can't be anyone she wants. As long as she, they say she can be anyone she wants as long as she isn't herself, because Muslim girls aren't lesbians. Nishat wa- doesn't want to hide who she is, but she also doesn't want to lose her relationship with her family. And her life only gets harder once a childhood friend walks back into her life. Flavia is beautiful and charismatic, and Nishat falls for her instantly. But when a school competition invites students to create their own businesses, both Flavia and Nishat choose to do henna, even though Flavia is appropriating Nishat's culture. Amidst sabotage and school stress, their lives get more tangled, but Nishat can't get quite get rid of her crush on Flavia and realizes there might be more to her than she realized. So this is, uh, I wish I've already read it, but I haven't. I will eventually. I can't promise that because it's YA and I might not be interested in that forever, but I will try and read it. So then one uh, middle grade book that I read in elementary school, I think, is Gracefully Grayson by Amy Polonsky. So the synopsis, Grayson Sender has been holding onto a secret for what seems like forever. He is a girl on the inside, stuck in the wrong gender's body. The weight of his of this secret is crushing, but sharing it would mean facing ridicule, scorn, rejection, or worse. So this is obviously about a trans girl, and I read it years ago. So um, all I remember is that it's it's a good book from my elementary school self. So if you want to read about um, trans people in a digestible way as a high schooler. I'm assuming a lot of you are high schoolers listening. Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully you're listen. not like 50. And teachers <laughs> listen to this. So. Oh, teachers listen. So if you want to read a middle grade book, which is like books for like younger, younger kids. kids yeah. It's like less than YA, which is young adult. So uh, this is a very good book to read. Gracefully Grayson by Amy Polonsky. Uh, books I've read, or I'm currently reading. Uh, I read Carry On, which is this, currently it's the first book to this trilogy by Rainbow Rowell. It was pretty good. It's about essentially this, um, these two characters. It's like a fantasy thing, right? So there's like, they go to this magical wizarding school, and one of them is a vampire, and... (laughs) And the other is, like, supposed to be, like, the chosen one, kind of, or whatever. And it was really good. Like, they get together, and it's this whole romance thing. And it was pretty good. It's, like, a trilogy now. So, I read that. And I also read I Wish You All the Best, which is this non-bi- This is- It's this story written by a non-binary person about a non-binary character who recently got kicked out of their home, and they're forced- And they live with their sister now, and they- go to a new high school and it's about them learning to be themselves and it was really good and um if i was your girl which is the book i'm currently reading it's about this trans girl who recently moved her parents are divorced and she recently moved away from her mother to go live with her father so she could restart her life as a girl um in her high school 
and it was really good like I'm still reading it I've got like 50 pages left but it was it was a really good book definitely recommend it and um always human. oh yeah always human is this comic I read originally online which is this um it's about this it's like a futuristic sci-fi it's about these two girls who meet at a train station and they kind of like go on a date and stuff and it's super futuristic and it was really really good because they go to like space and stuff and it was good <laughs> that's all i have to say about my favorite books so. <laughs> um and i I have read a book that isn't out yet, but it's I I beta read it, which means like I read it to to give feedback to the author. You can do that. Yeah. How do you? I I where did you? I did it through that? Instagram because yeah. I followed a certain account, and that was the author. And oh, I cool. pressed a yes on the poll. <laughs> do I want to beta read? So uh, it's called Radio Apocalypse, and you can find an Instagram account for the novel. It's, I'm pretty sure, at Radio Apocalypse Novel. And if you look that up, you'll find it eventually. So yeah. hopefully hopefully I don't have it horribly wrong. But <laughs> it's, um, I'm not going to say too much because it's not out yet. But it's about uh, two girls who fall in love through a radio station at the end of the world. Cool. And it is fantasy, I would say. Yeah. It's like Apocalypse, right? Yeah, so Apocalypse yeah. and there's monsters. So it's very cool. So once that comes out, definitely read it because it's a teen author too. So cool. You know, support support teens because we're cool and awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, do we have any final thoughts? Mm, queer baiting is bad. Don't support companies who do it, and read good queer representation because there's a ton of good queer rep out there. Yes. So that is the end of our seventh episode. Forever. Ripley and Avery signing off.